Hello friends, welcome to the Hillside Church Podcast. My name is Brad and I serve Hillside Church as the lead pastor. We're so glad to be able to share God's word with you in this way. God has so much in store for you and for your life. And one of the ways God works in our lives is through the study of his word, like the message you're about to hear. Our prayer for you is that as you share in this message, if it's me preaching or if it's someone else, is that God's word would minister to your heart and life in a most powerful way. Thanks again for being part of our church family. God bless you. Uh, We are today going to be in either Acts chapter 3 or Matthew chapter 8. We're going to be in Acts chapter 3 first. So if you want to go where we're going to be first, you can go to Acts chapter 3. And then after that, we're going to move to Matthew chapter 8. So those are going to be our two primary texts this morning. Um, We've spent the last six weeks talking about and looking for God to heal us in in whatever way that that we need healing, whatever it looks like for us to receive healing from the Lord in our life, for the places in our lives where where things are, are not well, whether it be emotionally, relationally, spiritually, physically, whatever it looks like for us to be made whole and complete and and trusting that God has a great plan for us to to move forward in health and in wholeness and in completeness. Not just walking through life, bearing the battle scars and the wounds of life and bearing all of what the, the, the sum total of just what we're able to handle and able to weather. But God in God, we're given the opportunity to leave all of these things behind, to drop them all at the foot of Jesus and to be able to move forward in a way that's better than we are, better than we were. A phrase that that many people will say and and many people will tell you and you've probably been told this and you'll probably be told this again. It's not somehow this is going to put an end to to this because there is some truth to it. But a a phrase that people will say and may, may have said to you is whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And on some level that's true. And on some level that's utter nonsense. There are lots of things that that don't kill us, but we're not better for it. But what really makes us stronger isn't just the things that didn't happen to kill us. But what makes us stronger is, is the Lord of heaven and earth making you stronger, making you healthier before because of his touch on your life. Whatever doesn't kill you may or may not make you stronger, but God will make you stronger. God will make you whole. God will make you complete. And what we really need is is for, to, to not just simply be living out of a place of like, well, I'm still here. I'm still kicking. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm not dead. We don't want to live from that place. We, we don't want that to be the the. the the step forward in our life, we don't want that to be the place where we start from of like, well, I could be dead and I'm not, so I guess we're doing okay. But instead we want to to move forward in, in fullness and health in a place better than we were before, but not just because we're not dead, but because God has healed us. God has touched us. God has made us complete. God has taken away all of the things that we would say, well, it didn't kill me. God has not only not killed us, 
But he's made a promise to us that, that he will return to us what the locusts have eaten. That he will give us back. That, that God will make us not just survive, but God wants you in your life and in your way and in your context to thrive. That's what God has for you. Now, thriving looks different for everybody, and so I'm not going to tell you what that means, but God isn't just in the business of, of you scraping by day by day. And that's not what God has for you. And I want to conclude our time together. We're going to conclude this, this series today, and I want to conclude our time together with, with maybe a reminder or maybe not, but, but I want to end our time today with a promise. A promise that you can live your life on and a promise that you can live your life from moving forward from today and every day. That you can, you can camp this, you can write this down, you can, can put it on a piece of paper, put it in your Bible, you could get it tattooed on your arm, you could get whatever, because this is a promise that is for you. I believe that it's, it's true for everyone, but I believe for us as a body of believers, this is true for us today. Now, next Sunday is it's July. We're going to be moving into the, the summer, and we've got a really great summer planned for you in terms of things going on. We talked about our, our summer connects, but even here in the, in the service, I'm going to be, have the opportunity to be on holidays for a, a few weeks, and so I, I won't be here for every Sunday during the summer, most of them, but, but we've got a great lineup of people who are going to be sharing with you, people from our congregation over the summer. Maria Kybel's going to share with us. Shannon Liu's going to share with us. Derwin Clark is going to share with us. Pastor Matt is going to share with us and even some friends from outside of our church that are going to come and share with us. I will be mixed in there as well, of course. Um, you can't keep me away from, from this. I love this, this far too much. But for a few weeks, we're going to hear some other voices and that's going to be really good. And we'll have more info about all of that next week as well, what the summer's going to look like. But this will be the last week that we're going to be having this as our specific focus. And like I said, I think the best way for us to move forward is with understanding the promise that we have in Jesus, who he is and what that means to us and for us. And I think the best way that we can serve or see this promise and, or at least see what it looks like and then we'll look towards the promise. But the best way we can see what this looks like is Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 in, in your Bible really serves as the beginning of day-to-day -day life for the church. The church is really born in Acts chapter 2. And it's this incredible moment where, where the uh, disciples and the followers of Jesus, they're gathered together in, in a room together and they're praying and they're waiting on the power of God to come. And then there's this sound of a mighty blowing wind blowing through that place and, and then they begin to speak in, in different tongues and different languages and the power of the Holy Spirit comes on them and, and Peter gets up in front of this crowd of people and he preaches this incredible message and, and 3,000 people come to know Jesus because of this sermon. It's an incredible message. The church is born. It's incredible. And then Acts chapter 3 sort of transitions back into day-to-day -day life. That They have this, this great revival meeting. They have this incredible mountaintop moment. They have, you know, they have an incredible week at camp. And then Acts chapter 2 or Acts chapter 3, life gets back to normal a little bit. And in Acts chapter 3, we, we read at the beginning of Acts chapter 3 verse 1, we read that, that Peter and John decide to go to church. 
They're, they're going to go to church. That's, that's how they're going to start their, well, not start their day. We're going to see it's about three in the afternoon. But, but Peter and John, it'll say, uh, one day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at, at three in the afternoon. They're on their way to church. And on their way to church, they see a familiar sight. Verse 2. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Now, now I want to stop and, and just invite you to notice something here, because sometimes we can breeze past these, these parts, because th th these are just details. They're just sort of details around the heart of the story, that when you read the story, th this, these kind of things can get, get fallen away. But this man who was lame from birth, that he had been born and, and his, his, his body didn't work properly and they didn't have any kind of welfare systems and, and all of those kinds of things back then. So, so the best that his friends and family could do for him was they would pick him up and they would bring him to church. They would bring him to church every day. That every day this man went to church. Every single day he was there, day in and day out. His friends would carry him to the front door of the church, to the temple gate, and, and he would sit there every day. And all day long he would sit there and ask people for money from those coming in. Let's think about this for a second. He's at church every day. And he's asking for money. Why? Why would he come to church every single day and ask for money? Well, I think it's because the idea that his situation in life could ever really be changed wasn't really the way he was thinking about his life. It wasn't in his thought pattern. It wasn't, the idea wasn't, well, you know, maybe something could be different today, but it was, he went to church and, and looked for money because that's, that's what he did. He didn't consider that the only thing he truly needed, which to be healed, was even really possible. It wasn't why he was going. He, he wasn't, didn't say that he sat at the front gate of the temple and everybody who came in, he said, would you pray for me? 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 That, you know, for every day, for years and years, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? That that's, that's not what he was doing. Every day he would come to church and, and he would ask people for money. And today so many churches are filled with people who can see their world that same way. And that may be you today. We go to church. We sing the songs. We, we proclaim this morning the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. We listen to, we listen to sermons and we walk out the door and nothing really changes. This story is a great reminder that it's not going to church that changes us. That somehow your faithfulness in coming here, and I am so grateful that you're faithful in coming to church. And, but, but your faithfulness in just darkening the door of the church is not what's going to change us. It's power, or it's the power only in the name of Jesus that can bring the healing and the change we need. But Peter and John, they're on their way to church. And, and this guy is already at church, and he's doing the thing that he does every day at the entrance of the church. But, but for Peter and John, 
life just changed dramatically. We talked about Acts chapter 2 and what Acts chapter 2 was and what it looks like. And, and for this man, his life is about to change just as dramatically. Verse 3. When, when he saw Peter and John about to enter the church, he, he did what he always does every day at church. He asked them for money. Verse 4. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and then Peter said, look at us. Verse 5, so the man gave him his, their, his attention. Oh, shoot. Um, Matt, can you, can you help me with that? Um, so the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from him. The man sees two people entering church, and he, he does what he always does. From the place where his friends have put him, he looks and he asks for money. Two people are coming. It's what we do. It's what I do. This is what we're going to do. People are coming into church. I ask them for money. And Peter and John hear him and stop and acknowledge them. And they even ask the man to look up at him, which, which seems to give the man an idea that they're actually going to give him something. Because I would imagine for this man... If you go, if he goes and does this every day, he, he begins to blend into the background of life. That as people regularly come to church and every day they see him, they're, oh, that's just Johnny. He's here every day. It's what he does. And people would begin to, to not even hear him, not even acknowledge. Yeah, yeah, we know Johnny. Yeah, 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 we know, we know. Maybe next time. But Peter and John, he, he asked them and they stopped. And, and they turn to him and they say, look, look at me. And he's probably thinking, finally, somebody heard me again. Oh, thank goodness. He has no idea what's about to take place in his life. I don't know if I can go back to verse 6. Verse 6, then Peter, and said, or Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. I'm sure the man thought, oh, great, thanks for nothing. Thank you. Thank you, for tell, thank you for stopping and demanding. I give you my attention just so you can tell me you're not going to help me. Appreciate that. But Peter goes on to say, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Hallelujah. What a testimony. My goodness gracious. That day was a day that began like any other for that man. It was probably a day that started out like any other for Peter and John too. But just like every day that man woke up, he was brought to church by his friends and dropped off at the door and person after person walked by, some stopping, some just continuing to pass by and he'd probably been there for quite a while. Remember, it was three in the afternoon. So his friends probably brought him in the morning. But now it's been all day and it's three in the afternoon. When he thought, well, here comes another couple fellas into church and, and I'll just do what I always do. I'll ask them for money and, and that's what he did. And, and, and they did what most people probably did, which was to say, I'm sorry, I don't have anything for you. But the conversation continued 
where most conversations would just tail off. And Peter takes the man by the hand and in the name of Jesus commands the man to walk and he does. It's utterly amazing. It's life-changing. It is an incredible miracle that God does here. But the question that this story poses to us today, the question that this gives us today is how do we see ourselves and our lives today? Like the man... Maybe you were dragged to church today by your family or friends. Maybe you woke up this morning and you had no desire to be here. And even as I'm talking, you still don't want to be here. That you were dragged, that your wife said, no, we're going. Or, or your husband said, no, come on, we're, we're going. Or, or you felt guilty or you knew that they would probably be here. And if they were there, eh, we better go. Told the pastor I'd be there. At the end of church last week, I think I said, see you next week. Shoot. I guess I got Oh. Living inside of our life circumstances, perhaps with a hope that something might change, could change, but also resigned to the probable truth that more than likely, they're not going to. Of course, God can do anything. He's all powerful. But we've been down this road before. God's not going to probably do anything. And so we may as well just get used to things being the way they are, making the most of it. This, this is who I am, this is my lot in life, and I just need to make the best of it. Perhaps today, if it started out like any other day, it didn't seem special to you, and you just went to church because it's what you do on days like today. It's Sunday, after all. It's time to go to church, just like Peter and John. It was, it, it was time to go to church. Let's, let's go to church. But, but for this man, for Peter, and for John, this day, just like today, a day just like any day, was not going to be a day just like any other day. They all went to church thinking, yeah, it's church. I know what to expect. But they had no idea what to expect. It was a day that was literally going to change and shape the entire rest of their lives. That this man's life was going to be entirely different from this moment on and for the rest of his life. And for Peter and John, they would do incredible things. But I tell you, this isn't a moment you forget. That they didn't somehow like, oh, yeah, just another day. I, I guarantee you, as they go through life, they remember that moment and they think, remember when we went to church and I prayed for the guy and I took his hand and stood up and he was healed? That was amazing. See, Peter and John, they didn't have magical powers. They, they didn't have some kind of special authority because they were the disciples of Jesus. They had a faith in God found in the man Jesus, whom they had spent three years with. They had seen him do countless miracles. They had heard him speak countless messages. They had seen him crucified. And more importantly, they had seen him face to face after he rose from the dead. And they came to know, they came to understand 
They came to appreciate. They came to internalize. They came to a whole different understanding of what Jesus spoke to them that we have recorded in John chapter 14 when to Peter and John and to the other disciples gathered together, Jesus would say this to them. Very truly I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. Now think for a moment, if you're the disciples and you've seen what Jesus is doing and and Jesus says to you, you're going to do the same things that I've been doing. What kind of a promise is that? How do you even begin to wrap your mind around the things that you've seen Jesus doing? And now Jesus is saying, you're going to do that. But then Jesus goes even further. And he says, and they will do even greater things than these. How do you wrap your mind around that I'm going to do what Jesus did? Never mind, how do I wrap my mind around I'm going to do greater things than what he did? How? They've seen Jesus heal the sick. They've watched Jesus give sight to the blind. They've seen Jesus at a word set demon-possessed men free that no one could do anything about. They witnessed Jesus raise people from the dead. These are the things that they've watched Jesus do. And now Jesus sits across the table from them and says, you're going to do that. And not only are you going to do what I've done, You're going to do greater things than what I've done. How do you even reconcile that? The question that that leaves us with is, do you believe that? Do you believe that for yourself? If if you're a follower of Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, do we believe that about ourselves? That we can do the things that Jesus did? And even greater, do you believe that about others? See, this, this story encourages people that there's still power when we speak the name of Jesus over people. See, how did Peter and John pray for this man? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, command you to get up and walk there's still power when we pray in the name of Jesus he can heal the parts of people that they think are impossible to heal he still he still heals people physically he still heals marriages he still breaks addictions he still frees people from anxiety and depression there is still power in the name of Jesus There's one other place in the scripture because it's good to know that there's power in the name of Jesus, but there's an even bigger promise that goes along with that that I want to share with you this morning. There's one other place, Matthew chapter 8. I want to take us to this morning to, to help us understand this. Jesus is traveling around and he's preaching and he's going to different communities and, and preaching and doing all kinds of things. And in Matthew chapter 8 verse 1 we read this. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. So a huge group of people 
following Jesus as he's teaching and preaching and performing miracles and, and all of that. That's the context that we're in. Jesus has come down. People are gathered all around him. In verse 2, the story actually takes a very dark turn, and we'll talk about why in a moment. Verse 2 says, A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. There's a whole lot to unpack in what we just read. Culturally and, and significantly and in, in, in sort of the public health care system of the time. But what you really need to know is that the man who's just come up to Jesus just signed his own death certificate. He cannot do this. And he cannot do this under penalty of death. See, he had leprosy. And so as a leper, his job was to do exactly the opposite of what we just read. There's a large group of people. His job was to stay as far away as possible. And if so happened, a gr- a somebody, an individual got a little too close, he had to shout and scream and make sure that they knew, we, I am unclean, you cannot come near me. And if, if someone in that state was to intentionally and purposefully look to go near people, the penalty for that was a quick and sudden death. They did not tolerate this. They did not, this was not okay. And the other thing that you need to know is in this moment, Jesus was made ceremonially unclean. Jesus was now not allowed to be a part of regular society. He had been exposed to someone with leprosy. This was serious. The man came and kneeled down in front of him. People, I guarantee you in this moment, this large group of people, people were sprinting away from this. They were running as far and as fast as they could because they didn't want to be identified with this moment because if they were identified with this moment they now can't go home to their wives and children. They can't go home to their husbands. They can't go home to their lives. They cannot go home again. They've been exposed to leprosy. This was an incredibly challenging and desperate moment in the life of everyone gathered around here. This, was the, this, this moment right here could have been the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, the end of the church, the end of all of his followers, the end of everything. Because it's awfully hard to share the good news of Jesus Christ with people when you can't get anywhere near them. But I want to highlight for you the comment that this man makes to Jesus. He says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus, if you are willing, you can heal me. Do you believe that about your life today? Do you believe that about your circumstances today? Do you believe that about the things in your life that you've just come to accept as part of who you are? Do you believe that about the parts of your life that perhaps until this day, just like any other, you had thought would never change? 
Do you believe that today? That if Jesus is willing, he can heal you. Well, we see the heart of Jesus in the next verse. Again, again, Jesus would have been well within his rights to be furious with this man. This man had put Jesus' life and well-being and the life and well-being of everyone around him at risk. Like I said, this moment right here could have been the end of the movement of Jesus. Peter and John that we read about in Acts, guess where they were in this moment? Right there. This moment could cost us the book of Acts. Every single one of them was now unclean and could no longer be part of Jewish society. They had been exposed. But this man kneels before Jesus, making this incredible confession about the power in Jesus to heal him and change him. And we see Jesus isn't filled with anger or outrage. Not a sense of justice and fairness for those around him. Jesus doesn't sprint and run the other way, saying, I wasn't there, I wasn't there. But instead, he's moved with love and compassion for this man in a way that culturally not a single person could even begin to understand. Hear the words of Jesus to this man on this day. And here are the words that are being spoken to your life. Lord, if you're willing to heal, if you're willing to make a change, if you're willing to be different, Lord, if you are willing, everything can change. Here's what Jesus says to the man, and here's, here's what Jesus says to you today. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately, he was cleansed from his leprosy. Not only was Jesus willing, but he was willing to go further than to just heal him. He was willing to go further than any other human being on the planet would have been willing to do in that moment. We read that Jesus touched him. This would have been the first time that anyone probably touched this man since the moment he discovered he had leprosy. Could have been years since the last time anyone had had physical contact with this person. And what this means is that if Jesus had any hope of trying to claim to still be some kind of clean after this man kneeled before him, well, that's out the window the moment he touches him. The moment he touched this man, there was no more alibi, there was no more excuse, there was no more reasoning, there was no more arguing. Jesus had to get in for a penny, in for a pound. And he was all the way in. But Jesus didn't let what separated this man be a reason for Jesus to, to be separate from this man. And that's a promise of hope for you today. Maybe the, the places in your life that you need to touch from Jesus, maybe the areas in your life that you need Jesus to heal you from, you're ashamed of. And you think Jesus doesn't want to come close to this. In fact, if Jesus gets too close, I'm afraid that I would suck him into my, my dirty, unclean orbit. I cannot come to Jesus with this. You don't think God would want to get into your mess. 
But here we see Jesus reaching out and touching the untouchable. We see Jesus loving the unlovable, saving the unsavable. He reaches out and he touches someone who simply cannot be touched. And he steps into that. Lord, if you're willing. Oh, he was willing. And we continue to see this heart of Jesus being willing as we move through the rest of Matthew chapter 8. It's a number of stories of Jesus continuing to bring healing to all kinds of people. We read about Jesus healing this man with leprosy. Then we read about Jesus healing a Roman centurion servant. And there's all kinds of things in there. We read about Jesus healing his, disciples, his, disciple, his disciple Peter's mother-in-law. And then after all of this, we come to verse 16. And I just want to highlight this again for you because just like some of the other places we've stopped, it can be so easy to read these verses and not take a moment to like understand the magnitude of what we just read. Verse 16 and 17. When evening came, so he's just healed Peter's mother-in-law, and that evening many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. And he drove out the spirits with a word. Amazing. And he healed all their sick. Amazing. These are incredible. Verse 17 will tell us that this is a promise for us. Verse 17 will say, This was to fill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. Lord, if you are willing... Friends, he is willing. When we read the Bible, when we read stories like this, we, we read promises, when we read promises like what we read in John 14, we, we can fall into the trap of feeling like we're reading a history book, that we're reading the words and the actions of someone who did all kinds of really neat things a long time ago. But listen, these are not just stories of what Jesus did one time. Listen to this. These stories, they're stories of who Jesus is. This is not a story of what Jesus did one time 2,000 years ago. This is a story of who Jesus is today. Show us the character of the God we love and we serve. Your Bible is not a history book. It's the very breath of God, the word of God. Scripture will say that your Bible is God-breathed. It's theanostos. It's the breath of God. It's not just words on a page. It's the breath of God. His word is power, and it shows us his power, and it shows us the power that we can have through him. There is power to break all of the chains that bind us and hold us down. There is power to call out the darkness. There, these stories, these accounts of what Jesus did, they're not merely stories of what Jesus did. They serve as pictures and encouragements of what Jesus Christ still does today in our lives, in our church, when we have these moments, this is the God whom we serve. Hebrews 13.8 will tell us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, 
That means that the Jesus Christ that we're reading about in these stories, the Jesus Christ that we're reading about in the Bible, the Jesus that says, I'm willing to touch you in your mess, he's still that same Jesus. That Jesus that was true yesterday is the same Jesus that is true today. That same Jesus has the same power in your life where you need it today, wherever that is. And the verse tells us that he is that same Jesus forever, that same Jesus tomorrow. We sang it earlier, there is no shadow of turning with him. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. He is the same God then that he always is. He is the same God today that he was then, and he will be the same God tomorrow that he is today, that he was yesterday, the same God who healed the man with leprosy, the same name that Peter and John were able to heal the lame man with. That is our God today, friends. There's healing for you today. There's healing for your yesterday, and there's healing for whatever you need tomorrow. I'm so grateful that this man with leprosy said what he said to Jesus. Because now today, we have these, when we have these same moments in our lives where we're not sure if Jesus can help us anymore, where we're not sure if Jesus wants to enter into our mess, we're just not sure anymore, we say, Lord, I don't know if you're willing. Today, I want you to hear this. Jesus says this to you. Whatever you're facing, whatever's going on in your life, Jesus says this to you. Jesus says, I am willing. He's willing to intercede. He's willing to heal. He's willing to come and meet you. No matter the situation, no matter the challenge, no matter the optics, Jesus is willing to come and change your life today. I asked Pastor Matt this morning if we were singing the verses of great is thy faithfulness because I believe that that a word that God has for us is is one of the lines from that song, great hope for, great strength for today and a bright hope for tomorrow. That's what God has for you today. That wherever you're standing, wherever you are right now in this moment, there is strength for you today. And there's hope for you tomorrow because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We've talked an awful lot over the last few weeks about how God wants to heal us, how God wants to touch us, how God wants to work in our lives. And I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you, I guess this afternoon now, pray for you today that the Lord would touch you and make you whole. And so the, the today... I want you to receive this prayer over your life, to to receive what God wants to do. God wants to touch your heart right now. And so as I pray for you, I believe with everything inside of me that the Holy Spirit is going to be at work in your life, at work in your heart, at work in your body, changing things and making things the way that they need to be. And so as I pray with you, would you in faith pray with me? to not just hear what the pastor is praying, but to pray alongside, to to believe and stand that he is willing this morning to deal with us, that he is willing to deal with you. Let's pray.
Father God, we come to you right now as a people who need your touch. We need a touch from you in our lives. We need a touch from you in all kinds of areas and in all kinds of different ways. God, as many people as there are here right now, God, that's how many different touches we need from you today. As many people who are watching online, God, they need a touch. And God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we command our lives, we command our spirits, we command our souls, we command our bodies, we command whatever is wrong in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray, be healed. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray for healing in this place. We pray for healing in our lives. We pray for the broken to be made straight. We pray for the wrong to be made right. We pray for the terrible to be made excellent. God, we read in your word that, that you will take the, the rags off of us and you will clothe, the, clothe us with beauty. God, in the name of Jesus, we pray for beauty in our lives. God, we don't want to settle for just living out of a place of, of, of surviving. But God, in the name of Jesus, we pray that we would thrive that we would receive the goodness and the blessing of God in our lives. God, as we sang about your faithfulness, as we sang about your goodness, God, in this moment, may your faithfulness and your goodness be revealed to us in a new and exciting way, in a way that we've been praying for. God, where people have been praying for years and years to see a difference. God, in the name of Jesus Christ, today, may you answer their prayer. Lord Jesus, we come to you because we need you. And God, I thank you that just as the man with leprosy had no right to be there, that just as the man with leprosy had no right to come into the presence of God, God, I pray for those of us gathered here that may feel that way. I, I can't do this. I can't step out in faith. I cannot come to the Lord like this. God, I thank you that your heart for him is your heart for us today. And God, I pray that you would settle in the lives of those gathered here today, those gathered with us online. God, settle in our hearts that you are willing. And in the name of Jesus Christ, God, we pray for a difference today. We pray that we would move forward in wholeness and healing and strength in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for all that you've done for us. I thank you for all that you do in us. I thank you that we can come back to you again and again and again. God, I thank you that your, your mercies are new every morning. Jesus, we love you. Change us. Heal us. And allow us to move forward in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And in your name, Jesus, all of God's people pray together. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm praying God, come and turn this thing around. Thanks again for being a part of this message from Hillside Church. We pray that God was able to speak to you through what was shared. We're so grateful to be able to share God's word with our church community and family. And that includes you. 
and we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hillside Airdrie. You can contact us through email at info at hillsideairdrie.ca or you can go to hillsideairdrie.ca and click on contact us from the main menu or you can find our pastoral team contact by clicking on our pastors from the Our Church drop-down menu. Our vision for everyone that shares in Hillside Church is that they would know God, know His hope, know his purpose, and know his power in their lives. And we pray this message ministered to you. At Hillside Church, we're a family not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. As family we go. I'm praying God come and turn this thing around. Oh yes, God turn it around. God turn it around. God turn it around. I'm calling That changes everything. Oh yeah, yeah. God turn it around. God turn it around. God turn it around. Cause all of my hope is in the name, the name of Jesus. Breakthrough will come, come in the name, the name of Jesus. God turn it. Doing something.